Welcome to the Constructing a Business podcast produced by the CMC Network. At the CMC Network, we're helping minority and women-owned enterprises overcome the challenges they face every day in business. We do it through networking, business capacity building, and business coaching. I'm your host. I'm Mike Lobethar. I'm with Supporting Strategies NYC. We're an outsourced controller and bookkeeping team right here in New York City. We help construction leaders build profit. Today on the pod, we have an exciting guest. His name is Oliver Dirks. He has been in insurance for 28 years, and he's super focused on the construction industry. In his time, he has definitely seen the best and the worst insurance situations, and I'm looking forward to hearing some stories from him today. Oliver, thanks for joining us. How are you doing? Hey, Michael. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. So I open with pretty much the same question every single time we do one of these, and because I'm always curious to know, of all the industries in the world, what was it about the construction industry that piqued your interest and caught your attention? Yeah, well, it's interesting. Working in New York City for the 28 years of my career, construction is obviously a big, booming industry that's ongoing and never stops. Um, So I've worked in various capacities, but I was just drawn towards construction uh, as a focus probably about uh, 15 to 17 years ago and stuck with it since because it's just so interesting. Yeah, that is a long time. I mean, over over the last period, that, that 17 years, have there been any significant changes to the way you're helping people choose? Uh, choose policies or select insurance for their business? Sure. Yeah. Well, the the biggest thing would be that New York City is the only location that still has uh, Labor Law 240, which is the scaffolding law of fall from heights. Um, And that, the law was written in 1895, but it came back, or some lawyer found it probably about, about 20 years ago. So all of a sudden, uh, people are getting hurt on work sites by falling off buckets or something like that, and the insurance companies are having to pay out millions of dollars. It's 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 absolutely horrendous, and the law should be repealed, but it, it hasn't happened any time since. Um, so that has uh, brought the insurance world in New York City to a higher level and uh, stricter requirements when it comes to insurance coverage. And it's becoming more and more apparent in uh, everyday operations. So insurance costs in New York City are higher than they are in other areas, such as New Jersey or any other place in the tri-state area. Uh, But the reason for it is because the uh, payouts for these lawsuits are so high. All right. So I'm going to go down this path a little bit with you because I'm curious, right? If if I'm a general contractor on a project and and I I get a – someone to come in and provide scaffolding who's responsible for the safety is it the person is it the company that set up the scaffolding or is it the general contractor that needs to care about that aspect of the insurance it, it it's a good question your, your question lays it out perfectly because the way that the law is written the property owner is responsible for safety on the work site so once the general contractor comes into play the property owner will contract with the general contractor to the fullest extent of law there's certain wording in there that pushes that liability down to the general contractor then the general contractor has to push that same liability back down to each of his subs or the sub subs so it's all contractual and it's it's contractual to the next party down it's called upstream and downstream liabilities 
But what has occurred uh, more so earlier on when all of this came about was that people were buying inferior insurance. So your subcontractor, let's just say your carpenter, and it doesn't it doesn't have to be a scaffold contractor. It could be any subcontractor. Uh, a carpenter gives the general contractor a certificate of insurance, says I have liability for a year with these limits. That's what you asked for. But it doesn't say on that certificate of liability, as it does in, in his policy, that it excludes labor law claims or gravity-related claims. Then that carpenter has a claim, and it moves up to the general contractor. It moves right up to the property owner, but the property owner pushes it down to the general contractor contractually, and the general contractor tries to push it down to the carpenter, but the carpenter doesn't have that insurance. So it moves back up to the general contractor. So all of a sudden, the general contractor gets caught in a million-dollar claim scenario that he never thought was going to be there. So what happens is that people, you can't just accept a certificate of insurance anymore from your subcontractors or anyone who's a sub-tier from you. You have to review their insurance policy in whole to make sure that it doesn't have gaps for the job that they are performing for you. Yeah, and it's interesting because that's such a specific issue related to New York City. So if you have experience with construction in another city, or maybe you're from Connecticut and you win somehow a deal in the city, but you don't have the right advisors, you could easily not understand that and get yourself in a whole lot of trouble. It's correct. I've actually uh, worked with some people from out of state that have come into New York City to do work, and I've worked with them on a consulting basis on just exactly what we're talking about. All right. About so we've we've clearly established that you have some uh, excellent local knowledge. Let's uh, let's step back from this very uh, granular conversation and just take a little bit of a bigger picture because most of the members of the CMC, you know, they're established companies, maybe a million and, or a little bit higher in terms of revenue. They've been in business. But, you know, as a bookkeeper, we see that that is a spot in a business's development where things are becoming complicated. There's more rules. There's more people, more moving parts. Give us a rundown a little bit of what is it like when you first start out in construction and the insurance requirements, the things you should be looking at. How does that change as you grow, your projects become more complex? You know, what, what does someone need to look at as their business grows related to construction insurance? It's, it's another excellent question, and, and with the CMC network and the developers that we're working with, they have these requirements for the correct insurance from all their subcontractors. So uh, we review all of our subcontractors at CMC to make sure that the coverage is correct and aligns with the contract that they're signing versus signing a contract and not having the right insurance that you signed up for, and you incur some additional costs when it's pointed out to you. So basically, the, the cost level, uh, when a contractor gets serious about these larger projects, their, their cost level is going to go up with the insurance. But the general contractor and the developer are all aware of this, and it needs to be built into their bid. So uh, basically, insurance is going to be a bigger line item of the bidding, but everyone is expecting it to come through. It works its way up. It works its way down. Okay. So it's incremental. As you grow, it's going to get more expensive, but the cost is commensurate with the, the projects that you're taking on. So you still need to have the cash Correct. to cover, but it's not like your insurance expense is outpacing the revenue 
growth that your business is seeing? You're just well, that, that's an, that's another good part of it because you know insurance has to be paid for before the checks start coming in for the projects that you're signing. So it's cash flow. It's definitely cash flow. So another item that we look at uh, from my side, from the insurance and the, and the premiums that the the contractors have to have to pay is financing options. Uh, we, we get banking people involved. We get uh, insurance premium financing companies involved. And they're usually looking for 25% down. Sometimes we can get this to 20% down. And then we space out the payments over the year so that they can, uh, you know, ob obtain their uh, costs and payments and pay for their insurance along the way. So so here's my question about that, because that's, that's like getting a mortgage almost. That's interesting. Is that... Yes. I mean, obviously, if, if someone in, in, in the insurance world is just coming into the construction field and trying to supply insurance, do would, would, a, would, a, would a contractor expect their insurance provider to have that facility of creating those relationships, working as part of the team with the banker and the finance people to get, because that is complex. That's a complex process. Is that unique to your, mm -hmm. to your team, or is that something that would be expected from any insurance provider? Well, from from my experience, in, uh, insurance brokers or consultants will work with premium finance companies, but not necessarily with bankers or, or, or people of that nature, um, unless they're in some sort of network like CMC, okay. where we uh, help our clients with, with banking, with payroll, with uh, attorneys, with whatever it may be. So that's just a little bit extra that we do, as opposed to just selling you insurance and pretty much saying you're on your own. Figure right. it out. <laughs> so tell me what, I mean, let's talk a little bit about, because insurance, obviously we, we get it to mitigate risk, right? We're buying it in case something horrible happens on the job site, you know, we're covered. We can, the people who may be affected by whatever happens on the job site can be taken care of. So what does that look like in the claim situation? If I'm a, I'm working, you know, God forbid someone fall, falls off scaffolding and is injured, are you involved in the claim process? Are you helping get them through that? Or do you have partners that help them manage that process? Sure, well, we have, always have to go through the insurance company and their claims processes, but we work with them hand in hand to make sure that they're getting what they need quickly. Uh, if you let claims sit out there for years and years and years, it just seems that the prices and the payouts go up. So we try to attack the claim as quickly as possible, um, you know, figure out what, what needs to be done, make sure everyone's uh, uh, safe and healthy, first of all, uh, and then get, get them back to work. There's really uh, what you'll hear in the insurance world is like a return to work program. So if someone is injured outside on the job in the field, uh, but you can get them maybe into the office a couple days a week while they're healing up to get back out into the field, that helps because at least you're keeping them involved, you're keeping them uh, working at some capacity inside the business, um, and they're not just sitting home feeling sorry for themselves or yeah. sick. Really <clears throat> want to get them back to work soon. Yeah, and I'm sure there's a lot of strategy there, right? I mean, it's you want to do what you what you what you can do to help victims um, of accidents on the job for sure. You got to protect yeah. the business. There's a, there's a lot of moving parts there. I mean. Uh, in my own personal life, I do have some experience with this. My stepfather is a contractor, and he had an unfortunate situation on a job site where there was a problem with scaffolding and somebody was injured. 
significantly on the job. And so I've seen this from the from the contractor's perspective. You know, and he had a great team and it, you know, it worked out at, mostly, but it, these situations do occur. Uh, they don't, fortunately, they don't happen every day, but they do happen. Um, right. And we, and we all, we all have good intentions to help people, uh, you know, be safe and raise a family and have a good right. career. And that, that's our intent. That's right. right. So what is, let me ask you this. This is because I know you and I had a conversation a few months ago. When someone comes to you, uh, maybe a newer business, they have a policy or they have a set of policies. Where do you see their current insurance structure falling short? What are the key issues you're fixing for people off the bat most of the time? Well, I see a lot of people have inferior coverage for what they're doing. Uh, maybe they know about it, maybe they don't know about it, but I'm certainly going to point it out to them so that they're aware of the contracts they're entering into to understand uh, if their insurance properly aligns with what they're signing. Um, if there are inferior coverages, we can talk to them about how much it would cost them to get the correct coverage, et cetera, et cetera. They can talk to their own broker. Either way is fine. Um, but what I try to do then is to break it down to them to a percentage basis, right? Because your general liability and your umbrella is going to be based off of your sales and your workers' compensation is going to be based off of your payroll costs. But if you uh, put those numbers together correctly, you can break it down into a percentage cost so they know how much that they need to include in their bidding for these jobs, right? If they want to put some some uh, profit on top of it, that's, another, again, a different line item of their bidding process, but they need to understand what their insurance costs are on a percentage basis so that they can bid the job properly and, and obtain enough money for those premiums because uh, they could get uh, additional premiums on audit. You know, if, they, if, they're, if their policy is based on a million dollars of sales and they're looking at $3 million of sales for the year because they had a great year, that's fine, but keep in mind you are going to have an additional premium at the end of the year that you need to be prepared to pay for. Wow. Uh, so do you – right, so we're bookkeepers. We help people track revenues and expenses mm -hmm. and things like that. But this is a first for me, a true up at the end of, end of the year based on your actual sales. Okay. Is that part of your work to at least educate them on that, or are you actually helping them do that as a, an audit throughout the year? I'm helping them with, 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 with both items. Like I said, the, it's important to understand the percentage basis when you're bidding and to put that money away in the bank if you're going to go way over your uh, estimated okay. sales when it comes to your audited sales. Um, and also to prepare for the future for next year's. You know, you got you got to put money in the bank to, to, to be ready. And also what happens is if people underbid their jobs, underbid their jobs because they're not prepared to or not thinking about their future audits that what's coming through uh, at the end of the year they get a big surprise and that's not good for right them. so this is a very holistic process i mean you're you're working with with contractors you're reviewing what they have right you're pointing out the holes or maybe the the policies they have that could be different or better you're not holding them hostage they can they can go back to their broker and make those changes but if they choose to work with you you're helping them budget for the insurance that year you're educating them on how to prepare for a true up at the end of the year if they have a big year 
You're helping them manage that over the course of time, and you're helping arrange financing to keep the insurance in force over the course of the year without it having to come out of the business's pocket 100%. And then, God forbid, there is a claim situation. You are working hand-in-hand with the contractor, the business owner, and the insurance company to make sure that claim is managed as quickly and safely and appropriately as possible. That's correct. I've worked with a lot of smaller uh, startup contractors over my years, and uh, I've helped them grow their businesses. And, uh, of course, they've worked with me and stayed with me as their insurance broker, but I also get referrals from them. You know, they've, they've become lifelong clients and friends, so to speak. But I enjoy helping the smaller guy grow. Uh, I've started my own business. I'm a small business owner, so life is good. That's amazing. I, I do appreciate you sharing that with us. Why don't you share where people can reach out to you if, they, if they'd if like to talk to you? Maybe they have some questions about their own insurance. Where can they reach you? Sure, sure. Uh, they can probably just send me an email at oliver at bsrm.us. Um, I kind of work with select clients, referrals. I work with CMC clientele. Um and I'm interested in helping people to understand how the insurance world works with construction in New York City. Uh, I feel I have a, 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 a good flow with explaining to them how everything works. And uh, if they can follow my lead, I can help them to grow their business. That's amazing, Oliver. Thank you so much. We'll make sure that your contact information for those who are watching this are down in the comments below. Everybody can find Oliver's contact information as well on the CMC website. Uh, but this has been great, Oliver. I really appreciate you joining us today. Yeah, you got it, Mike. Right. Anytime. Thanks for watching, everybody. Right, be welcome.